It's the last weeks of an even-numbered year, and we've just had a statewide election. Lots of seats changed hands, and lots of people will be going home or vacating their desks in the state capitol, which can mean only one thing. It's lame duck season in Lansing. This is Facts Matter, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan podcast. I'm Nancy Jeringer, Communications Director for the Research Council, and in this podcast, we look at Michigan through a policy lens. Our discussions here are informed by our 102 years of experience doing nonpartisan, fact-based research on policy issues. We hope this podcast will serve as another way for the public to access our work, which is, as always, free and available to all at our website, crcmich.org. My guest today is Eric Lufer, our president, and we are talking about the only thing anyone in Lansing is talking about this month, the lame duck session, which is already attracting national attention for its contentiousness. We thought we'd take a step back and try to offer a longer view of this particular detail of the sausage making in Michigan. So welcome, Eric. Hello. Okay. Since uh, Schoolhouse Rock never covered this, let's start with a simple definition of what exactly is a lame duck session of a legislature. As your introduction so aptly put it, this is the period after the election uh, when these people are still serving before the next legislature comes in, the next governor and so on. Uh, So the idea why they're titled a lame duck is there's a number of uh, these people who are beholden to no one. Uh, They don't have to stand for re-election again. They are free to choose to vote their conscience, vote the party will, do what they want, and they're not going to stand before the electors to give them a thumbs up or thumbs down on that action. And what we've seen since we've adopted turn limits, there's a greater turnover. This has always happened, uh, but with a greater turnover, there seems to be more action, more things going on in that lame duck session, and it has become uh, prime viewing for some and a source of great angst and anticipation for others. Absolutely. Um, you, you, you bring up term limits. I mean, these are people who have either been defeated in the previous election or are limited out and are going home anyway. So they, they have nothing to lose um, unless they, unless they pl- have greater ambitions for their political career, but probably not. Yeah, I mean, that's clearly part of it is some people... Uh, as we've documented with our term limits paper earlier this year, some people use this as a stepping stone. So either they plan to run, they've already run for another office, or they're coming back uh, home to their city, county, school board, whatever. So this is not the end of their political life. This is the end of their time in Lansing, probably. And so that either frees them or or hamstrings them to do the party's will. Um, But it It creates some strange bedfellows and a lot of uh, uh, funny politics. Very much so. So a little history since we've been around for so long, and you've been in this uh, particular organization for 30 years. Um, Has Michigan always had lame duck sessions, or is this a more recent phenomenon? 
it is really, in, in the big picture, it's more recent. Uh, so when you look at our early days as a state, our legislature met for a limited amount of time. They went home. If there was the need to deal with extra issues, the governor could call them back in special session. So uh, they were definitely gone before the election and, and always not convened after the election. But somewhere in the early 1970s, we sort of morphed into from a part-time to a full-time legislature. Uh, our Constitution says that they have to start meeting on a certain date, but it doesn't give a date certain that they have to go home. Uh, it's built to have a part-time legislature in many ways. Uh, the effective dates on, on the uh, bills that are enacted, the ability to call a referendum seemingly within the same time period a bill, that a bill was enacted, the ability to, for the governor to call a special session. All these speak to a part-time legislature, but the Constitution doesn't say, that's it, your time's up, go home. And so they stay until the last of them can stand to be there anymore. And, <laughs> and usually right around Christmas time, they uh, turn out the lights and go home. So it, it really is more recent in, in, in its uh, iteration. Okay. So the rest of us are um, Christmas shopping and listening to uh, carols on the radio while, <laughs> while some, some not necessarily brotherly love is taking, taking place in Unless Lansing. you're a legislative staff member or a lobbyist hoping to get your bills through. Right. Okay. Now, you alluded to, um, when we were talking just a minute ago about term limits, you alluded to... Um, you know, uh, freedom, I, I guess you could call it anything from freedom to brazenness um, to carry out this sort of uh, the policy that's being passed right now. Um, what is, well, let's get to that in just a second. Let's, let's talk first about, let's take a little, um, a little more perspective here. How many states have lame duck legislatures? I know that the Congress does, the U.S. Congress does, but what about in the, in the state legislature? It so the National Conference of State Legislatures reports that there's uh, 10 of our 50 states that meet either on a full-time basis or something really close to that. So 40 of those states, therefore, have, have a part-time legislature or what they call a hybrid, and they wouldn't be around for this sort of lame duck session. Uh, 10 of them, and, and they're not all necessarily meeting at this time of year, but they have that opportunity uh, so it really is confined um, among our neighbor states, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York. And then you have to look, uh, you know, Connecticut, California, Alaska. So uh, it's a mixed bag. There's no rhyme or reason really why those states and not the others. Um, and, and we're seeing, you know, definitely Wisconsin is that same sort of uh, the the governor's hand, the governor's office is changing hands, the attorney general, and so the legislature in Wisconsin seems to be taking the same brazen uh, uh, hold no bar, <laughs> no, hold no prisoners <laughs> uh, approach to, to policy making that we see going on here. Okay. So that leads us to um, some of the specifics. What is on the agenda this year in Michigan? So it's sort of a mixed bag, uh, and, and this is something that we've seen for the last couple go-rounds, that there's some legislation that just hasn't worked its way through, and they sort of put the brakes on it, let's go home and, 
and run for office and we'll deal with this when we come back. They're all legitimate policies that they've had hearings and, and now it's the final deal making working its way through. Uh, some of it is um, new legislation that is being introduced and it's the craziest way to do policy to introduce a bill after the election. You've got 10, maybe 15 session days to have it go through committees in each chamber, to go through the whole legislative process and, and have action. So how much of that is grandstanding so they can say, well, I introduced the bill, it didn't go anywhere, and, and how much of it is a real attempt to push things through. We have the um, minimum wage and the earned sick time that we talked about in an earlier podcast. Right, that and that, those, that's the, that was the first opening salvo this year, wasn't it, well, of yeah, Lame Duck? those were queued up, and that sort of set the tone uh, that they were going to tackle those things, and once they got through with that, who knows what else they could right. they could work through here. Uh, so it's a it's a whole mixed bag, and some of it, um, you know, as they say, some of it you kind of could see coming. And they said, "Well, we we didn't finish this back in August or July, but we'll we'll get to it." We definitely uh, the legislature definitely wanted to tackle those issues and others. Those last minute, just introduce anything you could think of to push in here. Right. And that was something that we, like you said, in this previous podcast, we talked about this. So what what happened was the sick leave and the, the minimum wage, these were um, two issues that were uh, supposed to go on the ballot as um, citizen-initiated legislation. Um, but under the Constitution, they have, what is it, 40 days after yeah, it, it gets introduced. It's called an indirect initiative. So it's sure. introduced to the legislature. If they say, hey, I never thought of that. That's a great idea. Let's adopt that. Then it doesn't need to go on the uh, on the ballot. Which is what happened on, here. Which is what happened Minus here. Minus maybe the what a good idea <laughs> part. <laughs> part well, but. <laughs> they did say that, you know. <laughs> Um, but the idea was, though, I think I think it was pretty clear from the beginning that the idea was never to, oh, let's adopt this and, and have it become law. It was, let's adopt this, let it become law, and then let's amend it after the election. Yes. Correct. And, okay. And there's a constitutional question whether they can do it in that same session or whether they have to wait till the next session. Right. Our former Attorney General, Frank Kelly, said they have to wait till the next session our current Attorney General, Bill Schuette, said once it's adopted, it can be changed at any time. Right. So we'll, I think, see the end result of that in the courts and, and get, a, uh, get a court opinion on this instead of just the Attorney General opining. Okay. So this is, I mean, this is not, um, this isn't dirty politics so much as it is just, con it's gamesmanship, right? It's, it's kind of working the rules to your advantage, even there, even if it's not quite what it's supposed to be. Is that fair? Well, or is that, that, that is fair, but it sort of speaks to the crazy way of making law. Okay. So my complaint starts with the initiative process because when these people go into a room and say, let's raise the minimum wage, they don't say, hey, businesses, what do you think of this? Or, or you know, the, anybody else's input. They just sort of talk amongst themselves and, and set a plan, let's do it this way. And then they introduce 
the petitions and they go out. So there's no real input from anybody, the sort of the, the sausage making we call it to say, is this a good idea, a bad idea? How do we reach compromise? So you have one group that come in and enforce their issue this way. And now the legislature has taken it and they're forcing it from the complete opposite. And nowhere has anybody said, how can we come to an agreement on what's acceptable with this? As you see with most other legislation, you know, introduce an idea, talk amongst yourselves, get input from the public. None of that's going on with this. And, and we're ending up with bad policy as a result of it. Right. And so it, what's the expression? It's like we're, we're falling through space trying to build an airplane in the, <laughs> as we go. I, I think I've mangled that metaphor somehow, but it just it comes to mind. I mean, it's, it's not the best way to craft thoughtful, well-informed policy. No, this is not what the founding fathers had in mind when they came up with the democracy that we use so often. In okay, okay. And are there any other issues that are coming up? I know that Arlen Mikoff has some problems with um, the marijuana, uh, the recreational marijuana initiative that passed, but I think he's also acknowledged that that would be an extremely heavy lift because, and this goes back to the sick leave and the minimum wage issue, if these things are passed by a vote of the people, it takes a three-quarter supermajority in both houses to amend it, whereas if it was adopted by the legislature, it only needs a simple majority. Yeah, I, I really don't see that one going far because of that extraordinary uh, need, for the higher vote threshold. What's gaining a lot of attention for Michigan and Wisconsin are a lot of bills being introduced to hamstring our incoming executives, the, the new governor, the new attorney general, the new secretary of state to really constrain their ability to do the jobs they were elected to do, change the rules for them versus our current right. executives, people in those executive offices. Right. Um, I believe there's, a, there's one bill that um, is advancing that would... I think limit Jocelyn, well, the incoming Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson's ability to oversee campaign finance. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And and at the same time, they're trying to weaken the campaign finance laws, the mandatory reporting for anybody running for office. Okay. So uh, it's sort of the worst of both worlds. Let's lessen the ability to monitor the, those people and. Uh, ask our, our people running to report less often and, and have less uh, stringency on how much they have to include in those reports. Talk about bad policy. <laughs> 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 so sunshine is something that's important. We should see what's going on. We should understand who is influencing our policymakers and this is moving in the opposite direction. Right. Less transparency. Okay, so getting back to what I started to ask earlier, we, we mainly hear about people who are angry about our lame duck, especially this year. But there must be some positives that can be gleaned from it. If you are if you are free to do if if you're if you're a lame duck that can still fly free, there are there's an opportunity to perhaps pass legislation that is needed but unpopular, correct? There is. And uh, so in the middle of winter, as potholes and snow plowing and things like that are important to us, you just hearken back to 2015 when we had a, uh, a proposal put in front of the people. It got shot down, and it was in lame duck that they came back and said, 
let's come up with something. We can't let the roads go on forever. And they came up with a, uh, a solution. It was a half-hearted solution, got us a little bit further down the road, but not where we need to be. But clearly the legislators and the governor were free post, post-election to say, you know, what can we really agree on? What can we get done now that we, some of us don't have to go back and stand for election again? So sometimes this works to our advantage that policy that needs to be done but requires hard decisions, um, here's a period to get it done. Sure. I mean, right now we have gas is is pretty cheap. Again, it's at, you know, I was coming in, it was about two and a quarter in, in Wayne County. And, you know, we could, you could, we all know that we're going to, need a lot more money to fix the roads to, you know, the standard that we want them to be. So this would, might not be a very, this might not be a bad idea to maybe talk about a, a new gas tax, per gallon gas tax. And you could, you could add it now when gas is low, it would be unpopular, but it would be less unpopular than if it was 350 a gallon. And, but I'm not hearing much talk about that. No, I think the things they're dealing with, uh, it's not dealing with the financing and the long-term financial viability of the state. It is dealing with a lot of side issues and, and some of those political issues that we talked about. Right, exactly. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Eric. I do appreciate you coming by, and uh, we'll see how the rest of this thing uh, plays out. How much longer do we expect the um, legislature to be in session this year? So the thinking is that they would get through the week we're in, this is uh, December 10th when we're recording that, Uh, but they have scheduled days after Christmas, so they've left the door open if they don't get everything done. They can come back and and still do some things. The betting money is on they'd be done sooner rather than later, but who knows? Okay, and they have up until, what, noon on New Year's Day, I believe, when the actual, when the new... um Legislature is sworn in well, officially. Yeah, so you would expect them to adjourn before New Year's Eve. Um, but you never know. But you never know. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks so much. Yeah, happy holidays, everyone. And uh, <laughs> thank you all for your uh, time and attention. And for your support, exactly. Okay. And that will do it for this edition of Facts Matter, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan podcast. Remember, the Council operates as a public resource, and all of our papers, along with blogs, op-eds, and other resources, are available for download on our website, crcmich.org. We operate as a nonprofit through the generosity of Michigan's corporations, foundations, and individuals like you. If you'd like to make a donation, go to our website, crcmich.org, and click on the contribution button. We also welcome feedback, which you can send via email to crcmich at crcmich.org. Extra special thanks this week to Lang Elliott, whose recordings of Mallard Ducks in the Wild he was gracious enough to share with us. You can hear Lang's recordings on the National Audubon Society website. To hear Michigan's lame ducks, check the House or Senate websites for their live streams. I'm Nancy Derringer, and until next time, I leave you with this observation by our founding president, Lent Upson. The right to criticize government is also an obligation to know what you're talking about. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.